Welcome back to the Loved Out Loud podcast. I'm Weston Downing, and this is the podcast striving to help young adults grow in their faith by discussing different topics they are faced when following Christ. What's going on, guys? It's good to be back recording another episode of the Loved Out Loud podcast this week. Man, I don't have a guest on this week. This is my first time doing a solo podcast, so this might be a little weird for me, but hey, we'll see how it goes. So just to give you guys a status update, because I know I missed recording a podcast and posting one last week, and I have I can explain. I've been out of the country for the past three weeks, and I'm currently recording the podcast in that country. I'm in uh, Lithuania right now, which is in Europe. It's roughly in between Poland and Russia. It connects, technically it's it connects to a country called Latvia and then Russia, so it's northeastern Europe, just to give you an idea. So that's where I've been the past three weeks, and I'll uh, on this episode, I'm really just going to talk about my trip being here a little bit, the things I've learned, uh, how God's been changing my heart while I've been here, and things He's been showing me and teaching me, things that I really wasn't expecting because I came here with a whole different motive and I'm leaving totally changed and looking at it differently, if that makes sense. But before we get into all that, just a few housekeeping things like about the podcast and everything this week, I feel like I should just catch you guys up. So uh, school starting back for everybody. Unfortunately, Benton Glass will not be recording any more podcast episodes with me unless we happen to run into each other in Arkansas or on a break. So that's kind of sad because I'm really going to miss Benton. Benton has grown so much in his faith over the past year, two years, ever since, you know, we've been playing football together and he, I went to school and then he started college. He's grown a lot. I know in the past year of his freshman year. And so it's really, I've enjoyed all the conversations me and Benton have had, which kind of sparked the idea for the podcast because we were having so many good conversations and everything. And he was our youth intern at the church. And I'm just, I'm really glad to see where Benton's going in his life and how seriously he's taking Christ because, I mean, it was encouraging to me to, I don't know, it was, it was just challenging me to take my faith more seriously too. And I don't know, it was really cool. But Benton, shout out to you just for everything you helped do getting this podcast started and coming up with the name for the podcast and everything. So Benton, we're going to miss you, but hopefully I can get you on another episode. I plan on having different guests on the show every week uh, between different college pastors, maybe youth pastors, uh, people of my age to give a different perspective on things about uh, being a young adult and just talking about things we might struggle with. But also I want to talk about things how to grow in our faith as well, and really get down to the really get down to the specifics. I was uh, messaging, uh, texting one of my friends at our church, uh, Alicia. She's uh, we've been on a mission trip together in Haiti, and we were just kind of talking about the podcast. And she was giving me a few tips and advice of, you know, uh, be more be as specific as I can about these topics that we're discussing. And I thought that was super great advice. So shout out to you, Alicia, just for the help and uh, pointers you were giving me. Uh, so yeah, let me just uh, let me talk a little bit about the trip. So I've been in Lithuania, serving and uh, helping the missionaries that have been here, husband and wife here. And I'm actually going to have uh, uh, his name is Milton. He's with the missionary that's serving here. I'm going to have him on the podcast next week. So that will be a conversation I'm recording tomorrow, and I'll post it. 
the next week coming. That'll be episode seven, I think. And so that's going to be a great conversation because I've already had, I mean, me and him have had a ton of conversations so far while being in the country together. But uh, I think the Lord has laid something specific on his heart that we can talk about. So that'll be awesome. So Lithuania, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny when I told my parents that I might be going to Lithuania and they kind of did a double take with me. They looked at me for a second and looked at me again like, what the crap are you talking about? You're going to Lithuania because I'm, I made the mistake with my mom. I told her instead of asking if I could go and she's like, you ain't going to no Lithuania. I don't know where that is. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of funny, but you know. I guess the Lord got a hold of her because she let me go. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lithuania. So I'm over in Europe. It was kind of a last minute trip because I usually take a trip to Haiti every year because our church started uh, uh, taking mission trips to Haiti and uh, we met missionaries down there and I really loved the organization down there. And uh, I had a connection with the people and the people serving down there. So that was usually where I was trying to go every year. But Haiti was having a lot of problems in their country throughout the year with protests and uh, just political, social unrest, a lot of just craziness through the streets. And I didn't, I wasn't worried about it not being safe. I was more worried about my trip getting canceled last minute and really not having anywhere to go since I'd kind of cut out three weeks of my summer to go somewhere and just get a different perspective and experience. And that's when a, a guy from our church, he came up to me and he said, hey, would you be interested in going to Lithuania? And I said, "That's is that a country? <laughs> that sounds so bad. I, look, I'm ignorant when it comes to ge- uh, world geography. <laughs> I was like, that's a country? He was like, yeah, man, it's a beautiful place. He was telling me a little bit about it. I got on uh, Google and started doing some research about the country and everything. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'll go to Lithuania. And so I had some different FaceTime calls with the missionaries. And I, I just really enjoyed the conversation I had with him. He was telling me a little bit about what we would be doing here. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to bring just a lot to the table when I go to Lithuania. I'm going to serve along them, encourage the churches that are here and, you know, do a lot of stuff for the Lord. That'll be great. And so, uh, you know, flew over here. uh, I think I got in here like July 28th. And today, recording this podcast, I think it's August 17th, if that's right. So I've been here just almost three weeks. And look, when I came to the country, and this is a little bit about mission trips in general. With mission trips, you always think short-term mission trips. I'm talking about short-term mission trips. You always think you're coming to a country and you kind of have this mentality of, I'm here to save them, you know what I mean? Because I'm bringing the gospel, and they've been doing it wrong, and I'm coming here to do it right, if you kind of get what I'm saying. And honestly, that's not always the case, because, you know, God will bring you— I learned this uh, the time I spent in Haiti with the missionary, and he told me, he said, God will bring you— or she told me, I can't remember if it was the husband or wife, but they told me that God will bring someone to a country for one of two reasons— to either use them to do a work that's already being done here or to do a work in the country or God brings them there to change them as well. And sometimes it's both. And I think that was the time you know I spent in Haiti. I was being used uh, by God, I think. And he changed my heart a lot too. But I think this trip was really the latter about changing me and just having to get away from the busyness because I thought I was going to be super busy. Uh, I knew the missionaries were going to have to 
go do some things. I didn't know if I'd be with them much. I, it was just kind of a rough uh, agenda. It was kind of unclear, but I wasn't really worried about it. Uh, they were just like, hey, we might have to do this. We have to do this. And I was like, okay, I'm flexible. Because that's what you really have to be on mission trips. You have to be super flexible because you're here to serve the missionaries. People kind of come in with this mindset of they have their agenda and they're going to do this in one week or two weeks, however long the short the short-term mission trip is. They've got their agenda. They show up to the missionaries and they're like, all right, we're going to do this the first day, maybe this the second day, third day do this. Haven't even consulted with the missionaries. And it's kind of rude because you kind of you come in from America or whatever country to another country or to another area, and you're like, I know I don't live here among the people. I know I have nothing to do with them, and you're the expert because you've been here. But we know more, and we know what we want to do. And so it's kind of an arrogant mentality. I think you need to humble yourself down and show up to be flexible and show up to serve the missionaries that are there, not just the area and the people, but you're there to serve the missionaries. So that's something I learned from my experiences in different mission trips and uh, from my youth pastor, uh, just a lot of good advice there. So my time here in Lithuania, just a few things that I've done. I've had a a few opportunities to share the gospel with people and have different conversations with people to kind of learn, really learning the people here. It's just been kind of different. And so I've done that, and I've had the honor to preach every Sunday I've been here. So I'm preparing tonight to preach tomorrow morning since it's Saturday night. I'm recording this, so I'm uh, getting to preach tomorrow, which I'm excited about, and it's my last day here, and I'm going to be sad to leave. So, But other than that, has been super busy because the second week I was here, the missionaries had to go to the International Mission Board conference they had somewhere else in Europe. And so I was kind of just hanging out with their son while he was visiting people. So I wasn't really doing a lot of work, so so to speak. And, you know, I was kind of worried about that. I was like, man, I feel like I'm just here kind of hanging out with people and not doing what I came here to do. It was just kind of down in the dumps. And I was communicating with my friend. uh, She's a missionary in Haiti. And she was kind of telling me, look, God has you there for a reason. She was encouraging me. She's like, God, you know, you know, uh, God is using this time to change you and maybe to get you still. And that's what resonated with me big time. Because back in America, you know, you're always running around and you're busy. And here I really had to be still. And I, and what I mean by that is not necessarily just do anything, but to rest, to reflect and for God and just to listen to God because I was like, well, I have no other thing to do than read my Bible and, um, you know, pray and take a lot of time just thinking about my future in general, uh, my career path, what I want to do when I graduate in about a year. Uh, so God used it, uh, used this time while I've been here to, to kind of prepare me and speak to me and have me think about what I want to do with my life long term because, you know, I've weighed different options. Uh, you know, I've weighed full-time ministry. I've weighed uh, owning a business. I've weighed so many different things and doing different things after college that I may not do long-term either. So I thought about a lot of those things while I've been here. And, you know, it's just been awesome, though. It's been awesome to talk to people that are in this country. because, And it's encouraging just to be here as well. You may not think you're out on the street sharing the gospel or here making disciples because it's kind of hard to make disciples when you're only here for three weeks. But... You know, when people, when there's not a lot of Christians in a country, maybe like America or something like that, you know, it's just encouraging for a Christian to be amongst the people from a different area 
if there's, you know, not a lot of fellowship. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of fellowship, not a lot of Christians here, but uh, maybe the churches here that are smaller that are really trying to seek God's Word and the true gospel, and maybe not just a prosperity gospel and what people really want to hear. I think that's a big problem here. But to sum all that up, it's just encouraging for somebody else to come and to spend time with the people and just... Because a big thing I've learned here is relationships. You know, you can try to do a lot of work in three weeks here or a week and sharing the gospel and that sort of thing, but relationships are huge. I was talking to a guy. We were... I've been in three different parts of this country where I've been here. The first week I was in the capital. The second week I was like in the countryside about three hours away. And then the third week I was more on this, the Baltic seaside, which was about four hours away. I think that's right. It was kind of confusing sometimes since I didn't have cell phone data. I'm just like, I don't know where I'm at. (laughs) But uh, I had this conversation with a guy who, uh, they were having like this Lithuanian pagan culture festival thing. Kind of reminded me of like a Heritage Day, like you have on your square back in America. And so they were cooking stuff by the campfire. Had like a chuck wagon type thing. Had all Robin Hood hats. It's kind of what it looked like. It was kind of cool. And so I go up to this guy, and it's hard to just because they said most young people here speak really good English. But some of the times I try to talk to young people that are like working selling things or something you go up and you speak to them you're like hey how are you doing they kind of just look at you like they don't speak english so maybe they just didn't want to talk so that's what was kind of getting me frustrated sometimes so i eventually i was just walking around i was like man i really just want to share the gospel with somebody really just want to talk to somebody so i come up to this really big guy who's standing with like this robin hood outfit on and i'm sitting here and i'm just talking to him and and god was showing me you know you can share the gospel with people very quickly come up to him hey man you know you know, little five-minute get-to-know-you conversation. Well, where do you think you're going to go when you die one day? Yeah, I think you can do that, and you can be very directly that direct that way because when Jesus met the woman at the well, I mean, it only took three verses, and he was getting to who he is and where she's going and the sin she's done and what she can do with that. And so he got there very quickly. But me and this guy talked for about 10 minutes. Turns out he was... Uh, he was only there because it was his girlfriend's family that does that. And he was like a lawyer in the Capitol. And I just got to the point uh, where I was like, uh, I was kind of talking about Christianity and stuff because they associate uh, Roman Catholic and Christianity like they're the same thing here. And uh, he told me, he was like, you know, that's very offensive to the pagan culture here and people that believe that sort of thing since like the Crusades wiped out all the temples and stuff back in the whatever century. He goes, so Christianity is kind of offensive to some people here. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, what do you think about it? And he was like, man, I'm more open-minded. And right when we were getting into it, uh, this big group of people come over and they were going to go eat lunch somewhere. And I was like, well, maybe I can run into them later. And later, and so I just prayed and in my head and after he walked off. And I was like, man, I was like, really wish I could have shared the gospel with him. But it just didn't come to that. But I'm telling you, I've learned a lot of small different things while I've been here and had a lot of time, like I said, to reflect on big picture in life. The moral of what I've learned here is you may have one thing uh, in your mind and one thing planned that you're going to do, but God usually has a different agenda because he knows how it's going to happen. He knows how to prepare your heart for something. So while I've been here, before I came to the country, and I preached on this last Sunday to a church in the the countryside in a place called Shilute, and I preached about truth. I preached about being 
rooted in truth, and I talked about what is truth, because that was when I was coming into the country, I wasn't necessarily like having huge doubts about Christianity. It wasn't having huge doubts about my faith, because I've been on this this walk with Christ. I mean, I've been saved since you know I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I truly believe I was saved. But as you grow up, you know, you start to experience life and all the sin life has. And so some people think... Well, even though I was saved when I was younger, I don't think I really was saved because I didn't see a true life change till I was in high school or early 20s or whenever. And, you know, that's not always necessarily true because, you know, when you get saved when you're young, you still have to mature. You still have to experience all these different things in life. And if you're convicted by those things, then the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. So I really got serious with Christ around my junior year of high school. And so I've been on this faith walk for four or five years, whatever. I think that's right. Yeah, coming up on five years. And so to sum that up, you know, I'm not just immediately doubting the faith because all this kind of started. Uh, I was at McDonald's with one of my classmates. We were doing homework and we were just kind of talking. And I was getting up to like get my order for my food. And I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of say to me, all right, you need to share the gospel with this guy. And immediately, I'm just like, no, I don't want to share the gospel. I was like, I just want to do my homework and go home. And so we're sitting there doing homework. And look, the best way to share the gospel with somebody is to start asking them questions. And not like put you on the spot questions like, where do you think you're going to go when you die? Or what do you do you go to church? Just ask them questions to get to know them first because you want to meet them where they're at. And so I just started asking him questions. Eventually, I'd find out he used to go to church. Now he only takes his, uh, I think, grandmother to church in Arkansas or something. But he works on Sundays, so he didn't get to go with her much. Come to find out, he was a Christian. He said, they said he would go to door to door and share the gospel with people. And he said, you know, one day I just kind of got tired of it and said, you know, this just doesn't make sense, and I stopped believing in it. And that kind of stopped me. And I should have kept asking questions like, what church were you a part of? How are you sharing the gospel? What were your beliefs? Why? And just go into more detail about it. But I stopped and I shared the gospel with him and just shared how Christ changed my life. And I was kind of dumbfounded because I'm like, obviously I know there are people out there that have claimed Christianity and have left the faith. But sitting here face to face with somebody that's done that or claimed to have done that or claimed to have been saved and to have claimed to leave the faith. I'm just like, why? I'm like, if the Holy Spirit was living inside of you and you've experienced this peace from God, this assurance from God, the love, the grace, the mercy, everything he's done for you, why are you leaving? And and I'm still dumbfounded by it. And so I'm driving home that night and I'm asking myself, why do I believe what I believe? I was like, do I just believe what I believe because I grew up in a Christian home? Because I grew up in the Bible Belt? Because I grew up just going to church all my life? And eventually I was saved? I was like, but why do I believe what I believe? And so that was a month ago, I think. And I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't doubting my faith. Yeah, we all doubt our faith. And I was texting a buddy of mine, Jordan, this week. And I was kind of talking about doubt or whatever. I was like, you know, some of us struggle with doubt. And uh, Jordan said to me, I just want to pull the text message up and this is what Jordan said to me he said let me find the text dang we've been texting quite a bit he said I would almost say some doubt is healthy if you've never had doubts are you actually believing because there are some things you just can't 
uh, the, there's some things that uh, are hard to grasp for our mind, and we are living by faith is kind of to sum up what he said. So I thought that was that was a great point by Jordan. I was like, yeah. I was like, doubt is healthy. And I think it's important if you have those doubts about your assurance in Jesus Christ and what he's done in the life, done in your life, and the gospel, the good news, here's what you need to do with your doubts. You need to doubt your doubts. Why is it when we have doubts about our faith in Christ, we just immediately give them a platform in our life to speak? We're like, oh, here's a doubt. And like everybody in our mind and our soul is like, get out of the way. Here comes the doubt. And the doubt steps up. He speaks. And it, and it's like your mind and your brain listen. And you're like, wow, that's true. It's like, that's a good point. Here's why you need to know why you believe what you believe. Because when doubt speaks, you get to speak back. And that's going on in your head. Okay, now what happens when you have conversations with people? When people speak against Christianity, well, here's a reason for this. Here's a reason I don't believe about this. If you don't know why you believe what you believe, can you really defend your faith? I'm not sitting here just having an argument for the sake of arguing or trying to convince somebody. Because if you can convince somebody to be a Christian, can't something else just unconvince them? So it's important to know why you believe what you believe. And so I was I was really trying to get down to the facts because we do have to have faith. And faith is believing. Faith is trusting and leaning in something that you can't see, that the senses can't grasp, that it can't touch, you can't smell it, you can't feel it, or anything like that. We have to have faith. Because what's Hebrews 11.6 say? It says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Because the the ones, uh, I can't even remember the rest of the scripture. I was going to try to quote it. Because, uh, and without faith, here we go. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because those who come to him must first believe, must first believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'm trying to get better with memorizing scripture. (laughs) But yeah, memorizing scripture is good. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we know we're living by faith. So I was really trying to nail down here, and it was, look, it was it was great just to preach what was on my heart last week about truth, because it comes down, having faith in Jesus Christ, it comes down to truth. You have to nail down the facts. Yes, there's historical evidence for Jesus Christ being on the earth. Yes, there's all these things, but I'm not just going to rest in historical evidence. And, you know, when I have doubts in my faith, you know what I re- immediately respond to doubt with? I know what he's done in my life. I know what he's done in my life because, I mean, it's been a work of God. How just I want you to take a second and think about everything God has done in your life. When you were an enemy of him, when you wanted nothing to do with Christ, when it just seemed weird to talk about Christ and Jesus and all these things maybe, or maybe you were addicted to things, maybe you were just living an enemy. We were all enemies of God. And where will we have gone without Christ if we had died that second? If we would have been in some crazy car crash that second, where would we have gone? Well, we know we're all sinners. We know we've all done bad things. We know I've committed lies before. I know I've looked at women with lust in my heart, so I've committed adultery with my heart. I know I've stolen things before, so if I rest in those things right there, I'm a lying uh, thief who's committed adultery with his heart. So by those things alone, what do I deserve by a good judge? I deserve to be sent to jail. 
I deserve the punishment. So when I think about what Christ has done in my life, I imagine me standing in that courtroom and Jesus walking in and said, I've paid it. I've paid it. So when I have doubts, I doubt my doubts. And I'm not perfect with this, but I'm just telling you this because this is something I've been thinking about the past month while I've been here. You have to doubt your doubts. Don't give them a place to speak. We're all going to have our doubt, and doubt is healthy. We're all going to go through different seasons. It's okay. But you know who doesn't change? God doesn't change. Jesus Christ doesn't change. And he's going to use your trials. He's going to use uh, the storms of life you're in right now to make you better on the outside. To make you better so you can help somebody else down the future to make you stronger. So rejoice when you face many trials, James says. So when I think about truth, I think about this conversation I had with another friend of mine. It was a conversation and I was trying to share the gospel with him. And I really just got down to the point of facts. And by facts, like I was talking about earlier, I mean like, okay, we all have, I know one thing for sure, like 100%. Everybody will die one day. We all know that. That's a fact. And starting to build off that. And then we got to morality. I was like, I just kept throwing around the word truth. And he said to me, well, truth is relative. Meaning truth is different from everybody. And truth is different from everybody because everybody's been through something different. And everybody has a different experience about something. And I really didn't have a good way to defend it. But here's the thing. if you And Frank Turek, an apologist. Apologist means somebody who defends the faith. He says, this is what you say. When somebody says the truth is relative, well, is that true? You respond, you turn, he says, you turn the claim on itself. When somebody says truth is relative, well, is that really true? There is truth. If you see somebody who, if you see a lady who's pregnant, it's either she's pregnant or she's not pregnant. And you're going to be in trouble for the, for the comment that you just made. It's either this or that. You're either right or you're wrong. Truth has two sides to it, right and wrong. So we know that. We know truth exists. And it's important to remember with truth, I wrote down a short little list here about truth and why truth is important. Truth is not whatever works. Truth is not simply what is understandable. Truth is not what makes you feel good. Truth is not what the majority says is true. Truth is not defined by what is intended, because good intentions can still be wrong. Truth is not how we know something. Truth is what we know. Truth is not simply what is believed, because a believed lie is still a lie. It's still wrong. And truth is not what is publicly proved. Just because the majority believes something doesn't mean it's really true. You think about all the mass followings that being in this, being in Europe, there's a lot of history from World War II. And you think about all the mass following Hitler had. I got to see a concentration camp in this country. And I'm sitting there looking at this wall where Jews, Lithuanians, Russians, whoever helped the Jews try to escape, they were lined up on this wall and they were shot and put into a mass grave. How many people blindly followed Hitler? How many people blindly followed other dictators that had committed more mass genocide? Just because the crowd is going with it doesn't make it true. It doesn't. And so, what is truth? For the Greek word uh, for truth actually means to unhide or hiding nothing. So with truth, we know truth exists. We know what it's not, but what is truth? Well, in John 
Let me see what I got here. John 14, 1 through 7. Let me just read that real quick. So Jesus is comforting his disciples here. Uh, it says in verse 1 of John 14, 1 through 7, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He's talking to the, this, Jesus is talking to the disciples. Verse 2, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas stops him. He says, whoa, hold on a second. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Because Thomas is not thinking eternally or spiritually. He's thinking he's going to like a city or something different. Are you going somewhere else, God? Can we come? Why not? I don't know how to get there. And Jesus answered in verse 6. He says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. What's he tell Thomas? He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus didn't say to him, he would, Jesus, look, Jesus didn't say to us, he would show us the way. What did he say? He said, I am the way. Jesus didn't say, I will teach you the truth. Jesus said, look, me. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, I'm the truth. And he didn't say he would offer us the secrets to life either. He says he is the life. So if we follow him, we'll live it more abundantly. It doesn't mean we're going to have a bunch of things. I watched a great a documentary this week called The American Gospel, and it it breaks down the false gospel. It breaks down the prosperity gospel that's preached by people like Joel Osteen, for example. And it's so general what they say. If you follow God, you're, you know, your life will you know, change and you, everything will be good. Everything will be good. Well, if you look at Stephen, he was stoned. And that was, and that was God's plan for him. That was the good plan for him. Isn't that great? He was stoned for the glory of God. And so when he appeared before the judgment seat of Christ, and he said, well, what have you done with Christ? It was evident. It was evident. It wasn't, the ch it wasn't, wow, you love Jesus so much, and you have a BMW, and that's great. I'm not saying if you have nice things, that's a problem, because it's not. But if you think you're just going to have a better life following Christ, you probably need to read the Gospels again. You probably need to read the Bible again, because you have to deny yourself. Yeah, We've, ta we've talked about it all on this Gospel. Uh, not on this Gospel. <laughs> we've talked about it all on this podcast. But before I go on that, whatever, talking about the prosperity Gospel, look, let me finish up talking about truth right here. We know Jesus is the way because he suffered Jesus lived a perfect life so he would be the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins. He would be worth, he would be able to pay it because if Jesus had sinned, he wouldn't have been perfect and he wouldn't have been able to pay our sins. So he suffered, he bled, he was crucified on the cross and then he rose again three days later after being in the tomb. He conquered death and defeated it. <laughs> he suffered. So because Jesus took this way, he is the way to God. And because Jesus didn't fight the lies, because they called Jesus a drunkard. They called Jesus a hypocrite, a liar. They called him plenty of other things. And the Pharisees did. And he didn't fight the lies. Jesus was like, look, y'all are yelling these other things at me. Guys, just read the scripture. Here's the prophecy. Here I am. 
I don't see what's so wrong that I'm preaching here. And they had a pride problem. They were caught up in it. But Jesus didn't fight the lies. And because he didn't fight the lies, we know he is the truth. He was willing to die. He became the channel of resurrection. Because of that, he is the life. And so that's really what we have to rest in. To sum everything up I've talked about on this podcast, you may think God has you somewhere for one reason, and it turns out being a whole different reason. We know God has us all somewhere for some reason. He's doing something with our life. Philippians 1.6 said, God is always at work in the lives of his people, and his goodness will bring them to a good end. And that was Paul writing to the Philippians at the time about his faith. But it still applies to us that God doesn't just start a work in our life of salvation and then just leave it. I think Spurgeon had a quote. He was like, you show me another world. You show me another universe. You show me people's lives where God started work and then he left. He doesn't do that because he doesn't change. It's okay to doubt when it comes to your faith. That should encourage you and should challenge you to study something more. To maybe, I've been, and Benton's encouraged me on this to learn some more apologetic stuff, just kind of defending your faith. And you can listen to people like Frank Turek, I think you pronounce his name, Ravi, Ravi Zacharias. I can't remember how to pronounce his first name, but he's awesome. I've listened to him uh, on YouTube. I think Ben Shapiro interviewed him one time. Just really solid guy, and he backs everything up with truth and in love. Man, it's awesome when you can share the gospel with somebody and know the truth and be able to stand in the truth but not be arrogant. When you stand in the truth but you present it with so much love because you care about the person a lot. And that's something else I've learned in this trip. When it comes to sharing the gospel and sharing Christ with somebody, people, and it's back to that quote, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it on this podcast because I'm running out of new things to talk about. <laughs> and the quote says, people don't know how much, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's a big truth. That's a big truth. Look, guys, I, I hope you got something from just me speaking my heart. Uh, while I've been in this country, I've it's just been I've been so grateful to be able to take time and come to a country while I'm young, while I, you know really doesn't I don't have a lot of big responsibilities. I've been blessed to work with a church that's encouraged me to come and people that are praying for me. So if you've been praying for me while I'm here, look, I haven't been doing things that are just super spiritual because I'm I just decided to come to a different country. You don't have to go to a different country just to do mission work. Man, it showed me, even trying to like want to share the gospel with people here, I'm like, I don't have this mindset when I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, we had a concert out here like two weeks ago, and I'm like, man, I, I wish I could speak in Lithuanian and share the gospel with these people. I'm like, if I was at a concert in Memphis, this would not be my priority. That's sad. I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, you can't just sit here and have a gospel, a gospel conversation, every conversation. But it should still be a priority and not just important in my life, but it should be urgent. It should be, I need to do this here and now. Not just, I'll do it because sometimes, you know, it's important. But uh, like I said, thank you for everybody that's reached out to me and it's encouraged me. I know of uh, a few other people that have gone on mission trips this summer. They've spent like two months in the Philippines I've seen. Some people have gone to Africa this summer. So if you know somebody that's been going on these uh uh, different mission trips out of the country continue to pray for them encourage them because uh, sometimes it's hard to be away from family i've only been away three weeks and it's kind of hard because i'm missing regular normal food there was a mcdonald's uh, that we went to the other day i was like praise the lord i need a big mac <laughs> 
But yeah, so it's been awesome. Uh, so guys, I'll have uh, Milton. Uh, he's one of the missionaries here. He's going to be on. He's going to be on next week. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be talking about, but it's going to be a heck of an episode. Uh, and we might be coming out with a website for the Love Out Loud podcast. I want to put some resources on there just that you can guys can go to, not to get all the answers, but maybe other websites that are helpful and stuff like that. If you want to learn some different things and somewhere where you can just contact us directly, if you want us to talk about something. Look, if there's anything that you would like discussed on this podcast, I am open to suggestions. Just message me, text me on you know Instagram or whatever, wherever you're watching this, and just say, hey, you should you should talk about this. I'm like, that's that's a, that sounds awesome. Some of these areas of life I have no experience in, <laughs> a lot. So I'm gonna bring on different people uh, that have the real wisdom to share with us and some things that I can learn for myself. So, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, if you're least if you're whew, if you're listening. <laughs> If I got this weird accent after being here this week. If you're listening to the episode on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, rate us, uh, leave a comment below. That would help us out a lot. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next week.